Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. We want to be a church that impacts our community. We don't want to be just talk. We want to have some action behind it. There's too many people that are just talking, and there's no action behind it. That's why we do a lot of the things that we do. And today, in the month of August, we're going to present an important, challenging message for all of us. And we're going to call it, We Lakeland. We are Lakeland. Verse 16, it says this. This is, this, this is the verse before the Great Commission. It said that uh, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus was uh, told them to go. And when he saw them, when they saw them, they worshiped him, but some doubted. I don't know about you, but I've read that a lot of times before. But this time really impacted my life. Because this is the same Jesus that just died on the cross, got his butt kicked, (laughs) Now he's in human form in front of the people that he picked, that he hand chose. And he's telling them the mission, what they need to do moving forward because he's leaving. Now this is what you need to do. And even the closest people to Jesus, some believed and some doubted. This is where we went wrong in in religion, is we look at the doubters and don't think they should be part of the mission. We look at the doubters and we put our nose to them. We look at the doubters and we're like, if they only, we smack them with our Bibles And expect them to change. It doesn't say Jesus looked at the crowd and said, okay, who are the believers? Raise your hand. We're going to put you over here. Okay, who's the ones that doubts me? We're going to put you over here. And doubters, you have a different mission to... You better change your life. You better go, you're going to hell. You're blah, 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 blah. The doubters already know. But the religious people, you are highly blessed. You are highly favored. You are, and then we, we're trying to get the doubters to be believers. But then we throw their doubt in their face. This is too real. When I told Pastor Ryan, I said, I probably have to redo this message because it was, it was challenging my life. Because for so long, we have seen this great commission, but the great commission, there were believers and doubters in the mission. They were there. They were present. And you don't see Jesus being, those who doubt need to get out. No, he didn't. He said he knew that they were doubters, and then he just went with the mission. 
And Jesus came and said to them, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples. The mission was for the doubter and the believer. This is important for the challenge and the mission that we have for today. Because if we want to impact this community, we not only need to reach for the believers, we need to go and influence the doubters. And I truly believe that their methods, our methods in doing this need to change. The mission never changes, but the methods need to. The mission is holy, but the methods are not. How do we know this? We see Jesus do this all the time. When he was around some people, you know, the mission was always to heal, to, to, to love, but then he used fish one time, but then he used dirt one time. Because the method isn't holy. The mission is. And what we need to understand is, in this world, we all, are, we all talk about this. And I'm not coming down to you. It's me as well. I've been challenged in this as well. We have looked at our generation and in a way have put our eyes back to it because they're too far gone. When I was, ra- when I, when I was growing up, we never did that. Who cares? Nobody asked you. Oh, when I used to go to church, we used to wear a tie. Congratulations. I choked myself half the time with this tie. Because the reality is we have been married to the methods and lost the mission. You have to do this and be this and do this. And the reality is you're trying to make people perfect and they're not going to be perfect. The only one that's perfect is Jesus. We have to understand that we have to do things different. But before we go and make disciples, we first had to identify the roles of each because of what we don't identify won't change. Number one, we need to do this. Identify the doubters. Identify them. There's people in your job. There's people in your, ball, in your kids' ball fields. There's people in the, that are doubting. They, they know of Jesus, but for some reason, they doubt. And we have to know how we can help them in their doubt. We have to know that there's people that are that people are not going to believe right away. And this this is where it just wrecks me sometimes because we we truly believe that you can come to these altars, accept Jesus as your personal savior, and we believe that you're changed right there, that salvation can come to your life. But what we have done in this, read the word. What does the Bible say? The Great Commission. What is the first thing Jesus said? Make disciples. We don't cross the line from salvation to disciples. Because salvation is you come to me, we pray. And that's holy, that's sacred, that needs to happen. But the disciple part We have to get our hands dirty. We got to get in people's lives. We got to challenge people with humility. See, we told this great commission was for the doubters and the believers, and we have to have we have to seek avenues and opportunities to have doubters want to become believers. We need to show. Listen to me, church. We need to show the benefits of being a believer. 
But the reality is, doubters don't want to believe because believers are not excited that they believe. They're more excited for the next concert. They're more excited for the next product drop. They're more excited for their next vacation. They're more excited for the next thing they want to stand for the next month. The more they're excited about Jesus. Can I be real with you this morning? I wouldn't want to believe in Jesus as well with some of our attitudes towards him. We can preach all day from this altar, guys. But if, if doubters don't see you actually excited about Jesus, why the heck would they want to believe? Doubters are looking to change their life. But if all they see is the life of one who believes is the same as their life, why would they believe? Listen, I'm not here to say that you need to be fake. Because in this generation, we read right through that. It's not being fake. Because we all have good days, we all have bad days, but believers, we have to understand this. We have a hope that the world doesn't have. We have a grace that the world can't operate in. We have a love that is unknown that the world can't understand. And if we're not in all of in all in love and amazement of Jesus, how can we have others do that as well? Let me, let me challenge you with this. If you're not in awe of Jesus, if you're not in amaze of all the things he does, the grace that he's given you, the salvation, the love that he's given you, maybe you need to ask the question, am I operating this relationship with Jesus in religion or relationship? Because my wife, we're in relationship, and I'm excited each and every day to be with her. If I'm not, I'm only going by rules that I signed a paper for in downtown. Yes, but yes, we have hard times. Yes, we have issues. Yes, things, but, but there's still an excitement to be married to her. Why? Not because of signature, but because of a relationship. We grew together. We learned from each other. The good times, the bad times, it's the excitement because, because relationship always trumps religion. Most of the time, the only Jesus people will witness is the Jesus in you. So how are we taking opportunities to show Jesus to the doubters in our life? Some of the closest people that live, that live with Jesus, around Jesus, then they're self-doubted. That's where grace comes into play. We need to be willing to take time to help doubters become believers the question is, are we okay with doing the work? We see here in John chapter 20, one of the closest people to Jesus was a doubter. His name was Thomas. If you go to verse 20, verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 24 through 29, let's read it here and let's give context to it. Now, Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I, what? See in my hands the mark and the nails, 
and the place of his fingers through the mark of, of the nails, the place of my hands into the side, I will never believe. Let me stop right there. They told him the truth. But it was for Thomas to see the truth. You see that words matter, but words without actions don't matter. They said that they, we, we, they, disciples told Thomas, we've seen him, we've seen the Lord, but unless they saw it, they didn't believe. That's where some doubters are. Unless I see somebody being real, unless I see somebody that is willing to put the work until I see somebody that is willing to not just invite me to church, but pick me up for church. Until I see somebody that is willing to be what you said that you are in that Bible, I'm doubting. But then we turn it around. On the eighth day later, the disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the door was locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers, this is how awesome God is. He doesn't, he doesn't, doubt, he doesn't downplay, he doesn't disqualify you when you doubt. So why are we disqualifying people? Because it said Jesus just met Thomas where he's at. Hey, you have doubts? Put your finger here and see my hand. And put your hands in the place. He's an on-time God. He knows what you need. He knows what every doubter needs. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those that are not seen, but yet believe. Because Jesus knew that he was leaving. So until Thomas saw it, his belief was doubt. But when he saw it for his own eyes, grace changed his perspective. So this is the goal we need to all have in the life of the doubter. Like as we're operating in places and opportunities with people that are doubting this relationship with Jesus Christ, we have to make doubters start to question, then conviction, and then belief. Some of those things, it has to be Jesus. When's the last time you just had a, an open conversation with some people that is not part of your work people? There's a lost and dying world here. We need to reach out to them. We need to identify the doubters. We need to love them through their doubt and, and, and tell them that there's a better way. We need to show them the benefits of Jesus in their lives. Most of the time, they're walking hurt and lost, and we need to show them the way. Number two, we need to identify the believer. We need to show love to the believers as well. And this is the worst thing thing we do. The worst thing we do, the worst thing is when a doubter sees believers fighting believers. The worst turnoff for a doubter 
is seeing Christians fighting Christians. As we, as we're, we're believers of Jesus Christ, if you call yourself a believer of Jesus Christ, you need to be the biggest fans of other believers in Jesus Christ. How do I know? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, 25 says, and let us not consider how to stir up one another in love and good works, not neglecting to, uh, to meeting together as that some habits, some habits of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as the day draws near. This is why our church, we believe in the capital C church. We, we don't believe that our church is the only church. We, we're, we're not everybody's flavor here. If you don't like our church, that's cool. As long as you're going to church, that's a win for me. <laughs> but here's the thing. Competition and comparison has killed the life of the believer. But we have to encourage and support and celebrate the believer as well. Why? Because the doubter is questioning and seeing, are we practicing what we preach? James chapter 1 verse 22 says, be the doers of the word and not just the hearers of the word. Deceiving yourselves. To reach a community, we have to live genuine lives. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be genuine. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says, the aim of our charge is to love the issues from a pure heart and good conscience and a sincere faith. And this is so good. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 7, it says, so, the, so that the testing genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes through the testing of fire, may be found to result in praises and glory and honor of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Man, it's so important for us to be living life that is genuine. The problem is, is we, we can't say we're living genuine lives and participating in worldly things. We have, we have crossed that line, people. We are in this world, not of this world. So here's how the enemy works. He takes everything that is good and turns it to bad. He's like that, that, one co- that one cousin that is like, hey, you're in jail again. All right. The enemy, we're trying to, we've, we've got into this generation of being genuine but sometimes we have corrupted the genuineness and, and adapted to sinfulness to adapt a culture. But what the culture needs is somebody that is genuine and solid and not adapting to culture so others can see the change that the world needs. See, living genuine, genuine life is not participating, is being above. It's our person, it's our responsibility as believers to help doubters to become believers, but we can't crush the doubters in the midst of them doubting. Believers have to be, have a different weight in the responsibility, and we need to take great joy in it. What's our weight that we have to have as believers? Number one is this. We have to love God before, uh, before self and, uh, and, and others. See, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 33, verse 34, teachers which is most important commandment, 
to the law of Moses, Jesus answered them, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first greatest commandment. And the second, he could be right there. He could be, hey, you can get the best offering. Oh, no, you can, you can serve your, yourself, you know, and all those things are great. But he said, what's the second best? What's the second best thing? Love your neighbor as yourself. They have, we have a lot of people that love themselves a lot. I mean, you, you've done it. You love yourself. So now you got to love people the way you love yourself. That, that, that's what the Bible says. The entire law demands that the prophets are based on these two commandments. We can't show love if we're acting nasty around people. People want to believe on something. Give them something to believe in that is better than what they're already living in. We have to have the avenues. We have to, we have to point people to Jesus. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 to, through 3 says, brothers, uh, Dear brothers and sisters, if any believer is overcome by some sin, you, uh, you who are godly show gentleness and humble help that person back to the right path. What? It doesn't say if somebody falls in sin, tell them 24-7 that they're going to hell. Even though that's true. It doesn't say when somebody falls in sin, make sure they know what sin they committed on your pipeline of sins. What, what does it say? It says, you godly people. Sorry, I didn't mean to point at you. It didn't say worldly people. It didn't say the doubter. It said who? Who are godly should show gentleness and humble to help others right in the path. We have to live a life that is full of humility and showing people that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. The mission, as I close, is for the doubter and the believer. So the question I have for you today is, where are you? Who are you? If you're a doubter, we love you. We, we don't look at you less because of your doubt. If the mission was for both, we identify that you are still loved and you still have worth. And we pray that through God's love and the grace and mercy that he has done for people like us who deserve to rot in our sin, who deserve to be disqualified for our sin, who deserve no mercy and no grace, but let our lives be examples that if he used somebody like us, he can change your life as well. It's not about my accolades. It's about what he has done on that cross. And if it's doubter, if it takes time, we're cool with it. We're going to love you through it. We're going to be a church that doubters are welcomed because we know when you get a glimpse 
of the love of Jesus Christ, that doubt will become belief like that. And if you're a believer, we need to be true believers of Jesus Christ. We need to take responsibility and represent Jesus everywhere we go. It's not a burdensome mission, but a mission that would change our world. We're not called to look down on people's sin, but with humility and gentleness, show them that Jesus is the way. But it starts with us, church. How do we change our community? With love and discipleship. Show them Jesus. Walk them through it. Show them the way and let the Holy Spirit take on. Show them the way, get them in community. So now what? This month we are going to be doing a challenge called the We Love Lakeland Generosity Challenge as a church. I want our community to be shocked of how generous we are. It's not about money, but about us being intentional in people's lives. So this is what we are calling all of us together, a mission for our church. It's called our Generosity Challenge. I challenge us to think past ourselves. This is going to be hard. It's going to be challenging for some. But we're asking to pay it forward. You see somebody in line at Starbucks and God is tugging at your heart, pay for their drink. You see somebody that is struggling in your work, go have lunch with them. Pray for them. Whatever it is, we want us to be intentional to open our eyes to show generosity to our community. If that's for some of you, you see a homeless person on the side of the road, instead of looking at them and say, hey, they should be going to work, give them something. Because it's not our job to fix it. It's our job to point them to the way. I want us to shock our city with how generous Axios Church is. If you want, take some cards with you. And as you're, as you're doing this, give them a, give them a card. Give, give, give them an opportunity to, to, to take what they learned and, and come to church or, or touch base with them. We want you. And here's what we want to do. Not to boast, but we want to see what God is doing in your life. We ask you, if you've done this and God moved in a miraculous way or you just want to show the testimony, we want you to do this. We want you to email hello at axioschurch.com. And we want to know your testimonies through this month. We want this church to know that our church is not about words. It's about action. So whatever it is, if you don't have a lot of money, that's fine. But find opportunities to be generous to other people in our community. That's our mission this, year, this month. That's our mission for our church this month. 
I want us to have such a heart of generosity that we are not just doubting. We're just believing for God to do miraculous things, not only in my life, but in other lives as well. I challenge you to get out of your comfort zone. I challenge you to look for people. I mean, literally like bug eye, look for people to help. Look for people to bless. Look for people to, uh, to, to pray for. Look for people to talk to. Look for people because the reality is to impact a community, we have to do what Jesus did. And he talked to those that nobody talked to. He reached out to those that he shouldn't have re reached out to. So I'm challenging us, church. I want our inbox to be flood with testimonies of what God is doing in our community through your generosity. Get your phone out. It's hello at axioschurch.com. Start today. We're going to go the whole month, guys. The whole month, open your heart to generosity because the doubter is looking for believers to be believers. We have to be the change, guys. We have to be the church of Jesus Christ who've called us to this place. We're going to challenge you each and every week and remind you that we're in this generosity challenge and we're going to do this together. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus today. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.